everybody, and welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am very proud to introduce my uh, podcast. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm the host. I'm Nick Flanagan. Thank you for listening. It's sunny outside here in the six. The Raptors have just won the basketball championships. I am a fair weather fan. When the weather gets fair, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of good weather, but also good sports weather. Look, I've been following sports teams for a long time. In Toronto, I had my heart broken in the 90s. I've always been arm's length after that. But it's always fun watching a basketball game. And the boys did a great job on all sides, on all sides. So kudos to you, Toronto Raptors, and I salute you, Golden State Warriors. May one day you be merged into a single entity that devours worlds. Thank you very much for listening to Nick Flanagan Weekly. As I said earlier, I am Nick Flanagan. Um, I don't need to be saying my name that much. It's fun to say. A lot of syllables. Six, seven, I don't know. What's a syllable, really, when you get down to it? Um, today's guest is Pavan Mundi. I am happy to say he is the person who has cast me the most in things. I have been in a television show that he directed. I have, uh, and I have been in um, all of his two movies, three movies so far. So, yeah, he directed, uh, he's written on Schitt's Creek. He's directed uh, Diamond Tongues, which I'm in with Leia from July Talk, and it's directed by Peter from that band, and there's lots of in- interesting people. Nick Thorburn is in The Sundowners, which is the other movie that uh, Pavin directed that I was in, comedians Phil Hanley and myself. Luke from Born Ruffians and Nick and Jackie Pirico, Chris Locke, lots of different Toronto comedians and actors, musicians from are in Sundowners and we filmed it in Columbia and I'm going to talk to Kara G very soon who played my wife in that movie. But today it's all about Pavin who moved to LA as I was scrambling out of there. And I uh, hope you enjoy it. And if you enjoy the podcast, you can throw me a nickel at co-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. That's ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. Or monthly patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan, which I would be really happy to have you helping me out monthly because we got some fees we pay here. And uh, to not pay them would feel really good to have you, the people, helping me would be wonderful. Well, I gotta go. But thank you for listening. Here's Pavin Mundi. Actually, before I introduce him, I should tell you that uh, you can watch Diamond Tongues and Sundowners both on Amazon Prime. Uh, Sundowners is on Amazon Prime in the US and UK only, and you can watch it on CBC Gem if you're in Canada. I believe that Diamond Tongues is on Amazon Prime worldwide or something. So, yeah, check those out. You can, if you've ever said, what's it like when Nick acts? I have a very large part in Diamond Tongues and a somewhat large part in Sundowners as well. So if you did want to see that, you can see my face in on your iPad or whatever. Whatever is an option, alternative option to the iPad. Okay, here you go. Here's Pavan Mundi. Look at what's going on. No, check, check, check. Test, test. We're test. starting. It's pretty. Yeah. We're starting. Okay. Welcome. 
Thanks, Nick. I don't need to say the name of the show because I'm going to do an introduction. Okay. How are you doing, Pavin? I'm doing pretty well. I'm pretty exhausted. When I walked in here, I was sweating. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. But I've cooled off. Yeah, I noticed. Did you notice? Yeah. I have cooled off. You got a beard. You got hair on your head. But the small field in between, there was some sweat on your forehead. That's right. That's right. But I've cooled off. You went to the bathroom. I did. Was that to wipe the sweat off your brow? Uh, it was, partially. Did you know I'd be also filming you as well as interviewing you? I didn't, no. Is this an interview? Do you think this is going to go like an interview? Uh, I think it'll be a conversational, conversational interview because also we haven't had a chance to catch up uh, yeah. since I got back. And so it'll be kind of a catch up. I right. Think. I was sort of two thirds of the way through my visit to LA and then you show up. That's but, true. But we'll, yeah. we'll get into it. Is that what you would call it? We'll, your visit to LA? You know what people do on YouTube? I don't know. I define it in very many ways. But uh, people on YouTube always go, they're like doing something. And they'll say, I'll get back to that later because it's important. Right. <laughs> yeah. They always say that on these stupid, stupid YouTube videos. That's right. How do you, how, how do we know each other? I think we met. At, do you um, remember the first time we met? If it was at Unlovable, yes, the bar when yeah. I was doing comedy and you came up and you said, hi, I really like your comedy. That's right. I'm going to be directing a film soon. Was it, did I have the film? Something. Oh, really? Or like, I'm, I know a lot of people through our connections at Queen Video. The oh, late, great Queen Video, which has been brought up already on the podcast. Uh-huh. It's, in, it's completely closed now, right? It is non-existent. Yes, but there's a sign on it. It's near my house where, uh-huh. and it says... It says, it says, thank you so much for all your business. Stay tuned for the tape escape. So maybe there's oh, something called tape escape. That's Do you think it's going to be VHS related? Would you dare to say? I mean, tape escape is interesting, possibly. What do you think is your greatest achievement? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I have one. All right. It's hard for me to be the judge of that. But we were talking about how we met, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw these curveballs. Right. Uh, but maybe that was your greatest achievement. Was meeting you? Casting you? Being, Dis- you? Did you say I discovered being you? Being an extrovert. No, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say you discovered me, but I definitely would say you're the only person who has placed me on celluloid that I can think of right now. More than once. You've been I another. would say I don't even know if I've been in another movie. Like, I, I was in an, one movie called Porch Stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember Porch Stories. I can't Stories. think of too many other movies. Mm, no, I, I can't think of anything either. You've been in uh, web series, though. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. the lead in a web, I, web series. Actually, you know what? Moderation Town. That was the only thing, the only non-stand-up thing of yours I had seen when before we met. So you went and saw my stand-up. Yeah, it's funny because when we when we when we did meet and uh, I brought you on to every day is like Sunday, we were still pitching the film or we were still negotiating how much money we were going to get to make the film and right. we we're trying to boost the amount that we were negotiating. Yeah, and I remember saying, like, huge news, guys! Like, we just got Moderation Town star Nick Flanagan. <laughs> This is a game changer. This is a game changer. We need to elevate the budget here. And then I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, I'll be in it. And then you were like, we just lost our lead. Can you (laughs) be the lead? And I was like, I'm going on a trip or something. I think we're conflating two stories, aren't we? 
Oh, that was Diamond Tongues. Yeah, that was Diamond Tongues, where it was like an insane song and dance, where it was like, I was dealing with your agent, and we were desperate to get you in the film, but you were <laughs> like very elusive. Uh, I was not in trip. town. I was in Los yeah. Angeles, I think, actually when Diamond Tongues was getting made. But there was something with Every Day is Like Sunday, right? So you were making this movie Every Day is Like Sunday. Yeah. And you said, hey, I'm making this movie. It's named after a Smith song. I have no idea if they'll be um, problematic in a few years. Right. But for now, uh -huh. it's named after a Smith song. Are you going to change the name now? Will I change it uh, retroactively? Retroactively. You can do that. What are the other options? I have a table? poster for the movie The Cockfighter. Uh -huh. With more notes, but I think it was originally called Born to Kill. I prefer uh, The Cockfighter. Yeah, you ever see that movie? I don't think so. Oh, it's a great movie. Warren Oates. Uh huh. I'll check that out. Do you know who Warren Oates is? No. That's crazy. No. It's, this is our generation gap. No, but it's not a generation it's gap. It's not a generation You're gap. You're over 30. Okay. He was in sure. Stripes. He oh, was in yes. Ride the High Country. Right. He was in. I think he might have been in the wild bunch and he was the lead in bringing me the head of alfredo garcia right right and he right. was in two lane blacktop right How is this a generation gap i wasn't alive when <laughs> i guess that's true you just don't have any interest in 70s uh, i mean i'm interested in cinema uh, uh, to a certain degree of course so you're like i'm a director uh -huh. i'm gonna do this movie that's right want, and you were like I'd like you oh, to so be we were talking about somehow. losing the, the lead right? well but i'm just gonna backtrack here okay. a little bit and then you, I can't remember, did you send me the script? Like, what happened after you told me that you were going to make a movie? Uh, what happened? Did you ask if I would be involved somehow? I think we were probably just thinking back on what I would do now. I think we must have asked, like, will you theoretically agree to do this if we get it made? Okay. And then we were probably trying to leverage all the pieces we had. Why me? Uh... I do think that uh, I had seen you do stand-up before, uh, and I thought you would be good to work with. And also, I think, like, since then, we've worked together a number of times. Several times. And uh, I I've, think I've I had been in that almost in almost all uh, of your projects. You know what? You've been in all of them, all including of them. the TV show. Yes. Uh, which I fought hard to get you S in. Four in the morning? Six in the morning? Four in the morning, Four in yeah. Four Yeah, which I uh, disowned. You disowned it technically. But are you listed as directing it? Uh, so I've disowned it theoretically. Okay, mentally you've disowned it. I've mentally it. disowned it. So if you go into a meeting now in L.A. where you live in Burbank at, say, Buena Vista Studios, right. they're going, we love four, four, four in the morning? Yeah. Six in the morning. Four in the morning. Actually, I, met I like calling it six in the morning because there's an iced tea song of the that name. And it makes as much sense as a show taking place at four in the morning, especially in Canada where there's like a 2 a.m. last call. Right, but it's set in New York. Uh, I think it was conceived as New York, but it's definitely Toronto, and so it makes sense. We filmed my scene at the Patrician Grill on King Street. Probably at, like, 6 in the morning. It we was were very shooting. late. Yeah. I know another show that did night shoots, and it seems like hell. It, it definitely screws bad. with your... Uh, with your body clock like you're getting yeah. ready to you want to go out and party at like uh eight o'clock in the morning after you rap and it's very bizarre so you've worked screws on film your head you've worked on tv uh-huh but when i first met you you were an accountant no you're a web designer 
Uh, graphic designer. No, I think I did that after. Fashion I think I did that after Every Day is Like Sunday. So what were you doing before Every Day is Like Sunday? Uh, I was probably shooting weddings. Right. I would imagine. Yeah. The inspiration for your sec- third. Oh, you know what? No, I was an intern. I was an intern uh, digitizing the entire library of Richard Krauss interviews. Richard Krauss, the famous Canadian film Canadian, interviewer. Canada's uh, Roger Ebert. I guess so. Yeah. Who calls him that? Richard Kress, most most, most likely. Did Roger Ebert call him that? I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. It's a shame he's gone. Kress? Off the air? Robert Ebert. Yeah. Roger Ebert. Robert Ebert. (laughs) Yeah, Roger Ebert. You know? What would he have to say about the Avengers movies, you think? I think he'd love them, don't you think? He loved uh, Garfield. Well, I mean, you can't just go from saying I loved Garfield to I love the Avengers. It's the only thing relating it is the, the illustration accessi- element. Oh, and the accessibility based- uh, of it, I guess. I think the Avengers is more accessible than Garfield. Do kids hate Mondays at this that point? Might be tr- that might be true. Right? Don't kids have like Mondays off now? I don't know. I went to the library today. It was open at 1230 in the morning or in the afternoon. It fe- feels like that's... Like, that was when it opened. Oh, really? That's that strange. seems quite late, doesn't it? Seems late, but it's open until 8.30 p.m. Was that the reference library? I don't, we can't get, we can't too, get local too local with the reference library. All I right. mean, already this line of conversation <laughs> yeah. is very dubious interest-wise. That's that's true. But uh, the library is open until 8.30, so it kind of made sense because it was uh-huh. eight hours. No, that makes sense. Imagine you're some librarian and you're like, man, I'm going to get home. It's going to be like 10. Uh-huh. I got to make dinner now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's life for so many people. Do you know any librarians? Um, No, you know, I don't. It's like a weird thing that happens in my life where it's like you start going to the library and it's like people your age. It's like cool. <laughs> right. Young it's the people. spot. They're like just trying to keep keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I just got a book out of the library called. Uh, um, the. What is it? It's like a Utopia for Realists or okay. something by Rutger Bregman. Uh-huh. He's a Dutch historian who is all about the universal basic income. Okay. And what is he saying in this book? He's like, we should do its works. It's going to work. It's right. Gonna, it's good. And we got to raise taxes. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I think that's not an uh, outrageous... Uh... He went to a place called Davos and he told the rich people... He was like, why am I here? You guys aren't talking about taxes. It's the only important thing. You can do as much philanthropy as you want, but it's raising taxes that will make a difference. There's so much corruption and tax evasion and something uh-huh. needs to be done about it, but you won't do anything about it because you're profiting off it. And then he went on Tucker Carlson's show and Tucker Carlson. Oh, I saw that. Yes, yeah, he totally like rips him apart. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that guy. Did you know the tax rate in America is actually higher than it is in Canada, at least for whatever income bracket that I'm in? Isn't that mind-boggling? Are you having trouble with taxes in America? Uh, not in America. I think I was just surprised that they were as high, if not higher, there because you get so little. Like all that money is probably going to the military. Right, for the parades. Exactly. And for the um, because, drones. Drones are not cheap. No. And I think people are uh, anti-socialized medicine because they think it'll raise their taxes. 
Yeah, I think it's more than raising their taxes. It's really something where it's like, you know, something about the American mentality where they're like, we make stuff happen ourselves uh-huh. and you don't need to make us. I don't want too much of your help because yeah. I can be an entrepreneur and pay for all of these broken bones yeah. I've gotten over all these years. I don't care if it's millions of dollars. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, so what are you going to do about taxes? Evade them? No, and we shouldn't get into taxes, though. It's a very stressful part of it my life. It is really. Me too. Times. Oh, my God. It's, me it's too. It's a real nightmare. Maybe you have ADD. Hmm? Uh, I, I could quite possibly. Or what do you think you have? ADD or ADHD, if you had to pick? Can you give me a tan- uh, like a tangible difference? Well, how I one of know? them doesn't have the word hyperactive in it. Right. And I would say you're most likely more in that category. You think I'm in the hyperactive you're category? You're not in the hyper. You're right. in attention deficit disorder if you have it. The ability to hyperfocus is part of it. It was part of ADHD or ADD? Both. Okay. Um, I mean, they're that kind doesn't help me make a distinction between the two. One of them is like more like you get lost in dreams and you zone out when people talk. Okay. And the other one is you're uh, fidgety, restless. You also get lost in dreams when people talk as well. It's just you're a bit more tends to be more manic and all over the place. That was ADHD. Yes. Uh yeah, I don't know that I'm uh, all over the place. I can be hyper-focused on stuff, uh, but I am easily distracted. You edit your movies. That's true. You edit your own movies. Not probably, like, non-stop. Uh, it'll be hard to stop, for what, sure. What's the longest you've ever spent editing one of your movies? Uh, in, in a row, you mean? Like, hours. Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe, like, 16 hours, 17 hours. Who are you editing, Heroes? Uh, I don't know that I have editing uh, Doug Pound. heroes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tim, and Eric, Tim and Eric's world-famous editor, Doug Pound. He's done yeah, so yeah. much more than just Tim and Eric. For Pro sure. Grandia, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean... Funny guy. I think he just directed a commercial with uh, Brent Weinbach. Are we still talking about Doug Pound? I got lots to say about Doug Pound. <laughs> yeah. You ever been dissed by him? Uh, no, I think I met him at your going away thing, though. Is that possible? Yeah, maybe. I'm buds with him. Uh huh. Unless he's done something bad. Yeah. Then it all goes away. Yeah. <laughs> I get the hell away from it. You can't, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, it stinks yeah. on you. I know. You got I any, know, man. Did you got any stink on you? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Taxes. Yeah, let's not talk about the tax situation. No. I'll get stressed. More out. like a taxes. Yes. It's an attack on us. Where were we? We were talking about Well, let's go right back to Every Day is Okay. We're going through the whole filmography. Is that what's happening here? Quickly? Quickly. We're going to get through it quickly. Uh, Yeah, it'll get boring fast. We were talking about ADHD. That was a lot more exciting, I thought. Uh But, uh... So, so you put me in Every Day is Like Sunday. I'm in one scene with Nick Thorburn. That's right. From Islands Unicorns, friend of mine. Friend of the show. (laughs) And, uh... Then... You go, I'm going to make this movie Diamond Tongues. You That's right. Diamond Tongues. So I have a larger part in Diamond Tongues. I mean, probably second lead. Borderline maybe? second lead. Yeah, like sort of, pretty you know, or default part. second lead, I would say. Because uh-huh. it's one of these movies. Most of your movies are the leads in in your, in Sundowners, your, your third movie, there's two leads. That's right. 
but they're basically on camera like 90% of the time. Uh, I would say yeah, more so in Sundowners and Diamond Tongues, right? Uh, I mean, Diamond Tongues, the lead is in every scene. Yes. Uh-huh. Leia from July Talk uh-huh. is in every scene yeah. of, of Diamond Tongues. And you did this very savvy thing with Diamond Tongues where you had her as the lead and then you had uh, her bandmate, the other singer in, yeah, in July Talk, Peter, was the cinematographer yeah. and uh, the DP. So you wound up, she immediately would be so much more comfortable doing the sh- the movie, I would assume, knowing that she would have a protective person literally behind the camera. Yeah, I, I think that was a benefit. It wasn't like why we hired him. Well, he's awesome. He's great. Yeah, he's what he great. Does. And yeah. he it's he was a, a working cinematographer before that. And so and we needed one. And so it made a ton of sense. It was a no brainer for sure. So after every day is like Sunday, you're like, not enough, Nick. Yeah. Tried to get you. Mm-hmm. Got turned down by your management <laughs> management team. For Diamond Tongue. For Diamond Tongue. I think it was just not in the country. Uh, that's the one that I remember being like a stressful thing where yeah, we're like, what's was, going on with the Flanagan You know situation? what it was? It was that my dad and mom and sister were was, going on a trip to Europe. That's right. And yeah. I had been invited. And then I was, and my dad was sick. So I was like, should I go on this trip to Europe or should I do this movie? And I was like, uh, like, I don't know. Like, I don't really have enough money to go to Europe, really, even with help. And. I know what it's going to be like and it's going to be great, but it's also going to be kind of hectic and and Uh not quite what it seems like it would be. Right. You know, so I did Diamond Tongues instead. And then, you know, I saw tons of my dad and after that. That's good. Otherwise, I think I would have felt very guilty about that. We can both feel guilty. I mean, it's a terrible, it's a terrible choice. But in the end, you know, he went to the screening of Diamond Tongues and he enjoyed it very much. I'm sure he thought you made the right choice. I'm sure he was proud proud to see you. I don't ever remember being scolded by him for not going. Well, there you go. He was actually like a nervous traveler. So I think on that end, it would have been a bit of a, uh, like it, it's a bit stressful, a bit stressful for him. So I wouldn't have, ne- we wouldn't have necessarily all had a joyful time. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a horrible trip potentially. Um, yeah. So, so which of the, mo- which of the movies, and then you made the third movie sundowners uh-huh. and you invited me to be in it. Uh, and, uh, you had me married to Kara G. That's right. Uh, from the expanse, right? She had yes. The expanse yes. Now? Yeah. And uh, she blew up. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. And uh, would you say that you have the Midas touch? Do you think I'm doing this? That I that it's... Uh, that, oh, <laughs> I guess that's... It's a bit of the wrong question. Yeah. The Midas touch. But, right? I've tried to figure out... I've watched your process of casting these movies. And it occasionally feels borderline arbitrary. Because, <laughs> like, you'll be like... In Sundowners, like Chris Locke is in it. James, uh, James Harden is in, in it. it. Jackie, Jackie Pirico is in it. Right. Phil, even Phil Hanley, I know. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, obviously, you didn't. You, but then you went and saw Phil Hanley. You just went to the comedy cellar and Phil Hanley was performing. And you were like, let's get Phil Hanley in this. Yeah, I guess there is a certain amount of that. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it is bizarre. I, and it's not you just a get conscious. A it's just thinking, okay, who are we going to cast? 
in this project and like uh especially on those films we're not working with casting directors because especially on the first two we can't afford them mm -hmm. and so then you're thinking about like okay who are the actors that we know who are union actors and uh or non-union or non-union diamond tongues was right uh diamond tongues is non-union yeah. yeah uh but it's just like uh, an appetite for avoiding the same actors who pop up in every Canadian movie. And so an easy way to differentiate our films is by not going to that same pool of people who do 10 movies a year. And I think comics, like I, I'm surprised more people aren't going to Laugh Sabbath shows and mining all the talent there. I mean, there's a lot of people going to the Laugh Sabbath shows, I think. For sure, and, for sure. And I think there's a lot of people getting picked here and there. I mean, I think that for Laugh Sabbath, there's been... Some of them have gone into voice work. Some of mm -hmm. them are doing other stuff. You know, Tom Henry did a scene with the Mary J. Blige in some Netflix show that happened. <laughs> really? Out. Yeah. Umbrella Academy, I think. Oh, right, right. And uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like that. I definitely felt like I had a lot more of that happening at, at, at one time. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, um, then it all went away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely the more stuff you make the larger scale it gets and the less frequent it becomes i guess i don't know i mean i am just uh i, I wish i could have been in more movies or tv shows after uh, all that work with you but i don't know what it is i think it's my personality lack of chops i i, I don't know i think uh you'll be in my next one i'm pretty sure uh having the road <laughs> that's the title <laughs> having a good time uh but yeah i mean i don't know i think it'll you're auditioning now what, what's the situation here Are audition you... for commercials primarily that's i'm good. in a home hardware commercial you might see oh it. really yeah uh what is that airing during will i see it during like hockey games or something probably i'm like eating a hot dog have you caught it randomly it's the on second TV or commercial anything? i've been in where i eat a hot dog what was there was one with the sham wow guy yeah right? i eat a hot dog in that one are too. you serious well, i'm holding a hot dog wearing, weird, wearing a speed weird niche to be at home yeah around. people like to do something where it's like i'll be in like a ridiculous outfit right uh i did a commercial for like a budweiser web campaign once where i was like in a cheerleader outfit surrounded right. by these like you're the wacky guy you're the wacky uh fool yeah, character. the wacky fool. fool. But you've never cast me as the wacky. I guess Sundowners. Sundowners kind of is definitely fool. playing. I mean, in Diamond Tongues, you're probably that's probably the closest version of yourself that you have depicted. And people say I did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think that's a pretty grounded character. In Four in the Morning, <laughs> you murder a guy or something. I think I'm a robber. Oh, that's right. But you a knife someone or are going to I knife pull someone. a knife on someone. Right. Yeah. And but and then so. So you make these movies. Why did you want to make these movies? What What are you thinking? It's so hard. Yeah, it is hard. And I think I didn't know that at the time. It was like, uh, in hindsight, it's very difficult. But when you're in it, uh, that's all you can see is just getting to the end of it. Uh, and so, I don't know. I mean, looking back on it, it those films were such a grind. Like, I remember how stressful diamond tongues was and like those long hours diamond tongues to me was the least stressful of all the movies you worked on Be, except I for agree. the fact that it seemed like you were getting in a lot of like behind the scenes sort of like tit like you were having a lot of you, you you're pretty inv involved in all of the elements of these movies so it seems like you're like 
trying to satisfy producers and yeah, investors definitely... and distributors and actors. Yes. And, you know, I think that was a big uh, source of stress. And also uh, it was just like we shot Diamond Tongues in like 10 days or something ridiculous. It was a very, very quick shoot. But you're right that it was the most, while we were sh shooting, it was the most fun. And we were just like driving around in a van and shooting scenes. Yeah, I only remember a little bit of, uh, you know, being annoyed, which for, for an indie movie, you know, uh -huh. where you're getting like, you know, $600 to like 3000 or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, that's pretty good, you know. Yeah, I remember like probably there's like an acid sequence we shot in Diamond Tongues where I uh, you were on the verge of losing it. I was really annoyed then because I just, you guys have this tendency with, with that and Sundowners to kind of go all guerrilla style and just film yeah. people on the street doing yeah. stuff. And I get like, suddenly I feel awkward about their privacy. And uh, I just, that night, there was this thing where you were trying to like go to every bar and like no bar was letting you in. And, <laughs> yeah maybe but the sequence actually turned out well oh it turned out great but yeah. i mean in that kind of scenario it's just like you have an hour to get as much footage as you can get and then try to cobble it i mean together I, i'm sorry something. i got mad but I, i'm not no, i wasn't no, no, gonna no. stop you know i wasn't gonna quit on you i was just gonna no i mean it, it was it's interesting because everybody has that moment on every film uh everyone has a moment where they kind of lose it for a second what's the most annoyed an actor has ever uh been with you and you don't have to say their name oh uh but you can i won't say the name but sure. you'll know what i'm talking about all right uh but we definitely sh we shot a scene for sundowners uh where it was much like what you're talking about where it was like guerrilla style we were walking down the streets of columbia just filming random shit of people of our cast partying. I think and I was out. there for that. You were definitely there for that. Like yeah. drinking in the street and hanging out. And we were mm -hmm. just trying to get material for an eventual montage. Right. And one of the actors who was involved in this wasn't aware that we were shooting mm -hmm. and thought that we were just like fucking around before we start started shooting. Uh-huh. And he was also, uh, he didn't drink and people kept offering him booze. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he at a certain point after like an hour and a half just lost it on me and got right. into a cab and left. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I saw him again in <laughs> Colombia. <laughs> but luckily we had already shot, like he didn't realize we had been shooting the whole time. And luckily right. we had enough to uh, include him in that. And he also, he was like, he literally flew out that night. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, he didn't like buy a new ticket. No, no but it was just like a coincidence. But he did like apologize for the outburst and explain the situation, and it was very justifiable. Uh, and it was fun. You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah. yeah, your your third uh, uh, film, The Sundowners. That's right. No, so, the no, The Sundowners is a different. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Sundowners. Did you know that there was a movie called The Sundowners? Yeah, we. Uh, we came up with the title on the plane to Columbia and then did a quick search and saw that the the Sundowners was from like 1960 and figured Robert we were, Mitchum. That's right. That we were we figured we were OK. Have you seen it? Yes. I'm going to get I'm going to guess. No, no, no. How many? What's the most? What's the oldest movie you've ever seen? Uh, what year did Home Alone come out? In 1990, I believe. OK. 
Maybe 1989. No, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of old movies, but here's another problem that I have. Uh-huh. And maybe you can diagnose me. Okay. Uh, because it's true that I have no attention span, but mm-hmm. also I have no memory for things anymore. And uh, so I'll see things. Dysregulation. Is that what it is? No, I don't think so. That's sort of trauma related. And well, so I don't it's like that's... now, like if I don't watch something at least three times, I will not remember it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that is. I need to be have a lot of things reinforced. And it's funny because a lot of things really burnt in my brain when I was a kid. Uh-huh. But I watched a lot of things like 10 to 20 yes, times. Totally. So the reason I remember a lot of the Monster Squad is because I've seen the Monster Squad yeah. a lot or uh, yeah, you know, same Indiana Jones movies or something. So, you know, uh, I definitely don't remember a lot there are years that are sort of like blurry many so mm-hmm. i understand what you're saying i i think i'll just diagnose you as having sundowners oh yeah ah, how about great that? callback that's an alzheimer's related problem <laughs> yeah. too and then you google the movie and it's hard to find information about it yeah it's tough there's I mean, also no, it's not but like other things come up well there's another movie called sundowners that came out after us but oh. it's a short mm. it's a short film that's like I put out an album called I'm Here All Week with the like weekly, like the podcast. Oh, right. And uh, people have since then used that name. Oh, but I yeah. think I was the first to sort of put it in uh-huh. bright lights. And as far as I know, to come up with that saying, although I think it would have been in the in the ether anyway. Right. There's also a movie called Sundown that has the exact same premise as Sundowners <laughs> and came out like uh, a year after us or the same year or something. You put the title credits like a third through the film yeah what did you think of that decision i'm fine with it did you know that was going to happen the first time that you saw it i didn't know it was going to happen but i also feel like a lot of movies just don't even have that opening title at all Uh so i just kind of thought maybe that was it yeah and then midway through there's the title so what what's that all about uh i think the i mean it's a boring answer it was just like uh yeah. Jazz it up. Uh, basically, the first part of the film is essentially a prologue. The first like 22 minutes oh, of the I film. See. And so it was, okay, now here we go. Let's like get people pumped up. They've landed in Mexico. Right. And let's put it here rather than uh, in the first five minutes. And you had the premiere really. for Sundowners. And, and Oh, and Tim Heidecker is in Sundowners. Yeah, we had that fun screening in LA. That was fun. I was so I was glad so many of us were there. Yeah, that was interesting. You were there. I was there. Uh, Phil Luke, was there. Luke, was, Luke there. was there. Nick was there. Yeah. Tim was there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that was it. Uh, yeah, I don't think there were too many from the Canadian people outside of that, but I feel like we're forgetting somebody. Was Kara G there? Yeah. I think she might I think have she, missed it. No, I don't think she was there. Because I don't remember. I think she would have been on stage. stage. Yeah. And I just wound up being one of the people on stage. But Kara and I don't have the largest roles in the film. But we're in there. I mean, you're. I mean, you're in the trailer as with your name listed. <laughs> That's a significant supporting role. But can't like anyone make a trailer nowadays? <laughs> to get into a trailer? <laughs> yeah, I could make it. <laughs> yeah, make your own trailer. Uh, but what well, like. So you start making movies. They're very hard to make. Uh-huh. Why did you want to make a movie at all? What? What's? When did this start for you? Teenager? Childhood? Uh, Baby? Probably teenager. Uh, like, I, I definitely thought about writing for television first. Oh, which you've also done. That's true. You wrote for the show Shit's Creek. That's right. Still? 
No. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I remember writing a pilot in, like, the 10th grade with friends of mine. It was like we were all obsessed with Seinfeld. Which pilot did you write? Chuck Yeager? I Dear can't Chuck, even remember. I think you're a great pilot. <laughs> you uh, yeah, yeah, broke Nick. the flight there. <laughs> Mr. Yeager, please send me I'm going to cough. Where's the, your plane. mute button? There's no mute button? There's, yeah, there's a mute button. <laughs> all right, I should have used that. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just hung out. All my friends were people who were obsessed with comedy as kids watching like uh, Seinfeld and SNL and aspiring towards that but as a young boy in kitchener it just felt like a distant dream and so uh didn't really pursue that until like probably my mid 20s i started relatively late i, I think your mid 20s mid yeah. to late 20s so you hit the scripts you bought a copy of final draft activated it put it yeah. on your computer that's right looked at the page and uh -huh. but your 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 scripts they leave a lot of room for the actors to sort of su like supply like uh like their own thing into the characters you know like you're sort of mapping it out a lot of the time although every day is like sunday your first one you were not mapping it out yeah i mean it went way off the rails yeah. with the mapping and not the movie mapping every out. day is like sunday had a director who left can i talk about that i mean I'm comfortable talking yeah. about it, but it's... Uh, we don't have to get deep into yeah, the Yeah, we're very careful in you the guys were, You guys were arguing, and next thing you know, he's gone, and you and Brian... Yeah. Uh, Robertson, there you're suddenly directing the movie, and you hadn't directed anything before, right? I had directed shorts. Okay. So I knew the, some of the technical logistics of it. How short were these shorts? Were these, like, booty shorts? <laughs> Uh, I'd say, uh, like, board shorts. Board shorts. So longer. Yeah, longer <laughs> to the knees. shorts. Yeah. Uh, like a 12-minute short okay. or something. What was that called? Uh, I can't even remember. Who did it star? Do you remember that? Just a bunch of, like, Craigslist actors. Uh, like, uh, that's what I was... That's kind of how I taught myself how to edit, was by casting things off Craigslist uh, with a bunch of weirdos showing up who I meet for the first time on the first day of shooting so when you start directing this this every day is like sunday what did yeah. you learn very quickly uh i think the i think here's why i think we went in the direction that we went in on that film is uh i think we were allowing for improv on every day is like sunday but weren't starting with what was scripted. And so it was, <laughs> I was w picturing how it would be edited together and it didn't fit to me. There were things that just seemed like they <laughs> would make no, <laughs> like they would make no sense. And, and did that prove to be true? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think yeah, it should be noted. The star of every day of like Sunday is this actor named David Deneen Porter, who yeah. I, I guess he's a writer comedian as much as he is an actor or more so. Uh, very funny. He's working on the Justin Wilman show. Now I've talked about him on the podcast before. Very wacky, uh -huh. funny guy. Definitely goes on tangents. So For sure. I, I would assume that there is a lot of cutting room floor footage on every day is like Sunday of him being like, and the mages laughed at us. Yeah. I mean, the best scene in the film is the a scene. orbs fell yes. out of their eyes and they needed to replace them with the cosmic ruby. Yes, that is classic DDP. It is. That's how he talks. Uh, but yeah, I think what, what I learned on that film was that 
improv is good, but we should start with the script and then stray further from it mm -hmm. with every take so that we retain the intention of the scene. Mm -hmm. Because when we didn't start that way and we're trying to edit these scenes together on the after the first couple <laughs> days of shooting, there was just no story whatsoever. It made no sense. But I got the sense in uh, Sundowners that Tim Heidecker had a lot of improvisation in his scenes. Yeah, I, I like had to, his scenes were written and but before we started shooting, I had boiled down for him the eight things he needed to hit to uh, to keep the story moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so he just memorized those eight things and mm -hmm. then was sure that whatever he gave us uh, satisfied those eight things. But your scenes were like that too. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. remember. Um, but those scenes were a bit more tense because uh, they were outside with lots of extras and you kind of yeah. had to. Although I remember the first scene that we shot in Columbia, uh, like I think we had already been, we had must have already started shooting on the film, mm -hmm. I feel, before you came. And then, uh, or at least, yeah, we definitely yeah, had. Yeah, I, I didn't come in on the yeah, first day. Yeah, and so you came in and uh, I was like, Nick, like, are you prepared? And you're like, yeah, I'm feeling good. And everybody had like their printouts of the scripts with their <laughs> notes on it. And you had a, just your phone with a smash screen. <laughs> and I didn't know the lines. And didn't know the lines. Did I not know the lines? No. And so I was like. <laughs> yeah, I was going over lines with you at night. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm not auditioning for too many mo yeah. movies. No, I think it, to be fair, there was like a sense of panic. And everyone's like, oh boy, like, how is this going to go? With me? With you oh. on the first day, just because you were just like walking around, like memorizing the lines right before we were going to start shooting. Right. Uh, and it, I think the smashed phone screen did not inspire confidence <laughs> for some reason. Uh, but then your first take, you nailed it. You had all the lines <laughs> and all of a sudden everyone cider, a cider, cider. relief. Everyone yes. handed me a cider. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. Buffet food at a resort in Columbia. I didn't That's know right. I'd be having that in my life. Yeah, luckily you weren't there as long as we we were, so you didn't have to eat it for like three weeks. Yeah, same it wasn't the menu. Best food. Yeah. No, God no. But uh, you grew to love the Colombian people. Of course, of course. You grew to. Yeah. <laughs> I loved them immediately. You yeah, grew. It to. took me. It took me a while. Why? No, I mean they were great. <laughs> they were great. And then, do you think you, you'll ever go back to Colombia? I'd love to. Uh huh. I loved it. I loved all yeah, the people I met. Uh. You know, I'd like to go to Bogota. I can't picture myself going to, like, the resort again that yeah. we were there, which uh -huh. I believe is in the Santa Marta area. That's right. And I like the town or the city we went to. It just wasn't that big. And it was just, you know, I'd probably go to, like... But people kept telling me different cities were different. I feel like you got to be careful with uh, Central America, Latin America. you got to pay a lot of attention to the news. Uh-huh. You course, know, and just yeah. say, what's, what's going okay th these days? And... Uh, it seems intense down there. Yeah, I mean, I think our biggest fear was probably uh, the Zika virus. At that, at that time, time, it was the yeah. Zika virus, and I had a, a fun, like, armband mosquito thing. That's right. So it looked kind of like a breast cancer uh, support yes. thing, but it was actually to keep the mosquitoes away. But there weren't very many mosquitoes. Again, very interesting yes. stream of conversation. I think this is interesting. I Do think you like mosquitoes? Do they go after you? God, no. But you know those mosquitoes they have in L.A. that just, like, bite your ankles? And are they're, like, it's an insane I got a lot of horrible bites uh, in Los Angeles of various types. And uh, I mosquitoes like me a lot, you know? We've covered the films. And I got mos I once got a brown widow bite uh -huh. all over my, my chest. Uh-huh. 
I put on a shirt and there was a brown widow in my shirt. Oh no, and that's it a nightmare. Hit me like right sort of by where the heart is, and I wound up. I didn't know what kind of spider it was initially, and it looked uh -huh. like a black widow, so I was completely freaked out. Yeah, of course. But then it turned out to be just a brown widow. And they say that they're not venomous, but I honestly was just in bed for like a day and a half sweating, mm -hmm. not really moving, you know? Yeah, that's that's tough. Could have been uh, mental. How are we doing on time over here? We're oh, we're doing okay. We've yeah. got we've got some time. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say we've covered the films. We need to talk <laughs> about your visit to LA now. We need to talk about that whole. When I cruised in, uh -huh. we had a little time there where we were seeing a lot of each other. We went and saw the Adam Sandler. That's right. Uh, performance yeah. at Dynasty Typewriter. Uh, you got to go to this venue, Dynasty Typewriter, near when it started, and I, I'd been going too. And it's pretty, pretty good. You had spot. a show there too. I did a show with uh -huh. uh, Jesse Elias there called uh, "Funny Because It's Druid." You were in the audience for that as That's well. That's right. Uh, did you get to see me perform a lot in L.A.? Did you go to Night Gallery to see any of those? I never went to Night Gallery. I, I think I only saw you like three times. But you went to maybe. Hot Tub. You saw me at Hot Tub, right? You killed at Hot Tub. Well, thank you. That's nice. Yeah, nice hot, that was that was a hot crowd too. Good crowd, yeah. Yeah, those crowds are always good. Uh huh. Comedy Death Ray, Meltdown, Hot Tub. Those are really high end shows uh, of, on some level to get on, but like they're also kind of very hot audiences. So, yeah, I think if you, know, you come back, you should do uh, Howard Kramer's Got It new show. Is that, that he the does. Squat Melt show? It's the Squat. It's right by my apartment. And so I've been a, a, a oh, I'd few love times. To, I, I think, is it at Meltdown still? No, so it? he moved it to he got kicked out of Meltdown and moved it to the Steve Allen Theater. And it was in the so it was So the, just to let you know, Meltdown was a co comic book shop that has since closed now. Yeah, yeah, it's closed. Oh, that's crazy. And uh and there was a theater in the back, blah blah blah. Chris Hardwick show on Comedy Central, a big comedy show. But then Howard Kramer uh -huh. did a show outside of it after it closed called Squat Melt that was like in the abandoned parking lot. Howard Kramer is so funny and uh, so interesting, and and, uh, and yeah, that. And then the Steve Allen Theater was this amazing, amazing space that uh, there was a show called The Tomorrow Show. Just a really strange, specific. They still do it, but now it's at Dynasty Typewriter. Yeah, but I'm really talking about the Steve Allen here. Like it was oh, just right. such an odd building. It was located in an atheist center, and uh, then it got turned into condos. So it's amazing to me that Howard is moving the show to an, another sort of well-known and closed space. So uh, they haven't demolished it yet. Uh -huh. So they did it in the uh, Steve Allen parking lot for like six months. And, and then they just got booted out of there. And so they moved it to Barnstall Art Park's parking lot. That's great. I love Barnstall Art and Park. And got booted out of there. Okay. And now it is a walking tour comedy <laughs> show. <laughs> Oh my God, that's yeah. so amazing. Yeah, which is hilarious. I love that. I think Crash Test did something kind of like that uh -huh. once where they were on a tour bus uh, with comedians and like stopping places, but um, Kramer. He's great. job. Yeah. Jerry. That's what I have to say. Uh, but we got to get you on there. You, uh, I think that's your audience for well, sure. I he's know. cultivated he a real put team me on. of people. You know, he's a good guy, you know. I mean, if you're ever in Los Angeles, you got to check out him. You got to check out the show Blam, Blam, Blam. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I visited there. I mean, I went there. I lived there. And uh, it's just kind of like weird timing, but uh, hard to get a job. We uh, saw a lot of comedy together, though. I feel like we went to a bunch of stuff. I mean, 
I don't know if I was just in a bad spot or what, but like the Adam Sandler show was just like, I thought it was just, it just made me laugh the whole time through. It was just such a unex, unexpected somewhat, but it was also just so silly and different. And It was uh, very different. Yeah. And very like relaxed as well. Yeah, I saw him again at Dynasty a second time was after it, the was special. It, good? it was weird because uh, the special had been out for like three months and uh, he started out doing like some new material that was uh-huh. actually quite good. Uh-huh. And then it was just so casual and loose. And he's like, all right, like, what do you guys want to hear? Do you want to hear some new stuff? Do you want the special? And people were shouting out for the special. And so for the ne- next like three quarters of it, he just redid the special, which was kind of a bummer. That's what people want. I know. You know, weird. Andrew Dice Clay performs. People yell out, do the nursery rhymes. Yeah, Bum. play the hits. It's true. And then he's like, okay, but I'm leaving afterwards. Yeah. I don't get an ounce of respect around here. So are you going to come I'm back, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, are you going to come back or, or what? You yeah, were sure. teasing me. You were saying sure. there's a possibility. It's yeah. things are happening. I'm at least going to like visit shortly, you know? And uh-huh. uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's a whole thing. It's uh, Yeah, we know? miss you out there. I don't. We I was just thinking there. about that today, how few people are like, hey, where have you been? <laughs> LA is not that kind of city. No, I think it's because people <laughs> also tend to leave for big stretches of time if they're working on shit. I don't think anyone thinks I'm, I don't, it's <laughs> been about a year yeah. now. Nobody's like, oh, he's probably shooting in uh, Guam. Right. He's yeah. probably doing a pilot in Guam. Now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I just don't know. I, I There's a lot that I agree with, uh, agrees with me about the city. And then there's a, there's just a lot of difficulty. I mean, what what, are, what has your experience been? Uh I mean, it, it's not dissimilar from yours. I don't think it's this, like, holy grail by any means. What's like the, the weeping? How much weeping? Uh, I mean, look, it's like uh, it, when you go to L.A., you have way more opportunities to, to be rejected yeah. for things, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, uh, I mean, there's ten times as many things to do and there's ten times as many people trying to do them. Yeah, so it almost evens out to yeah, the same odds. for sure. Except for the fact that there's some weird kind of hustles you can kind of fall into and definitely opportunities that like would not come up in pretty much any other country where some millionaire walks into like a room and just goes, hey, were you a comic? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. I feel like that happens a little bit. I mean, I, I yeah. would hear about people getting writing jobs for like movie stars who are starting YouTube channels. And, right. and that's not something that you get anywhere else. I've definitely heard those yeah. stories. But also there's people like those YouTube stars get plucked from Toronto oftentimes. You know what I mean? That's true. Uh, like whom? Uh, I think there's there's this dude who writes on BoJack who I wasn't aware is from Toronto. He's like a, a, a social media sensation. Viral. Viral sensation. Lots of social who, media sensations. totally off my radar. Julianne Smolinski. Uh-huh. Started there. Right. Boobs Radley, that was her name. Uh-huh. That's news to me. We follow each other. Cool. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's like, uh, it's I, I like L.A. I like going to the comedy stuff. Uh, built out a little a little life there. But it's still a grind. It's How small is the life? How little is this life? Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty sad existence. Well, you're just disciplined, right? Like, you've given yourself these, you give yourself these uh, p- punitive 
schedules. I need to be writing for X amount of hours every day. Oh, God, no. Are you kidding me? Okay, well, you're like, you got to send out 100 emails every day. Uh, I mean, you'd be surprised how much time I work. It is I gotta, not a lot. I got to get in a tire and roll down the street yeah. for an hour every day. Got to hit the gym. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I- I'm not of that belief that like you need to write every day. I thought you told me I had to write every day. No, no. I go, uh, I'll go a month doing, uh, just watching stuff, hanging out. And then I'll spend a week where I'm like grinding it out every day and uh, take, because I think you need that downtime to amass material and uh, to decompress. Like uh, I can't force myself. Well, I've been to, having a lot of downtime. Now you've got to put that week in of, uh, uh, but also like, look at, uh, I know uh, this isn't visible on the stream, but this bedroom that we're recording this in is, has changed drastically. There's whiteboards everywhere. There's post-its. It's become a very organized, uh, it feels like I'm in the uh, office of a startup or something. But there's also a bunch of stuff on the bed. Uh-huh. Um, you can't see, but the pajama bottoms over there are soiled. <laughs> so it's not all well and good. No, I mean, I, I'm I, painting I, a very I've been rosy here for picture. almost a year. I've been here for a year now. I've been That's in Toronto crazy. for a year now. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, I just really had to go back to uh, some Met- Medicare and join groups. And, uh, you know, you have you were very encouraging about the podcast from the early times, but you've fallen behind on it. I know. You? I've fallen behind. I'm sorry to say. You're but very I think behind. I'm not that behind. Also, is the expectation that I have to catch the backlog? And There's no expectation of anything. You know, I, I just think what I'll do is pop back support. on. Uh, you were always like, you should do it. You want me to be doing this every day. I think you should do shorter ones every day. And we should put out a vote. I and hope let the audience do. dictate. People, I guess people are listening and they seem to listen more if I put out more. So, I mean, I really want to. It's just about setting that schedule, you know? Yeah, I think if you could record it into your phone, it would be a lot easier yeah, for you. Yeah, I think I'd get like one of those, like, phone mics, you know? And uh, that's a budget thing, Yeah, you know? Uh, I mean, I'd do it. Yeah, I feel like you're getting bogged down in a lot of the technical side of it is a lot of work for you. You need a tech I guy. have someone helping me. Oh, with really? editing now, yes. Oh, that's huge. I have a guy working as a producer. Uh, Andy Lloyd. Uh-huh. He's a he's a great guy. He, How did he, he come into the picture? Well, I've known him for years, uh-huh. and he wrote me, uh, and he said, "You know, I've been producing some podcast stuff lately, and uh, you know, I'd like to work with you if you want." And I was like, "Yeah, it was great timing because I've been trying to do that, but I've also been learning how to edit through this, so I view it all as very positive. It's just, for sure. it's just that you know, big thing with me is just like trying to do a lot of." stuff all at once that's uh-huh. always been something it's you know and my day is often you know the i i'll i used to think well if you give yourself a huge to-do list and you try to do as much of it as possible uh-huh. it's better than giving yourself a small to-do list and only getting that done but the fact of the matter is it's better to do the small to-do list yeah or to have a rolling to-do list where you get the things done that you get done and then the things you don't get done get shifted to the next day yeah but even that is like i'll wind up having something where i go why haven't i done this thing and it's been two weeks you right, know right so i uh, for me it's like i gotta just make small to-do lists for every day and uh-huh. you know uh it's uh i didn't realize you know like the i mean what do you like about listening to the podcast is there anything what works for you here because i don't know i don't get a ton of feedback 
Uh, you what, like it when I drink on on, on Mike. You said I like slurp the slurping noise oh. when I drink tea. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, you did. Are you going to indulge us? In yeah, I'm going to drink there? some right now. I also think you're in the minority, most likely. I don't remember saying that, actually. But... Uh, <laughs> I kind of hope you did it. But, <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's, like, for... I think it's a good catch-up. It's a good way for me. It's a selfish thing. It's because you left. You left. You ended your visit in L.A., came back to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And the podcast is a good way for me to stay caught up with what you're up to, what so is going on. So it's for my friends, basically. Yeah. Hey, Google, read a review of Diamond Tongues. Diamond Tongues scored Crazy. 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. You can't trust IMDb. Why are you... Why are you immediately self-deprecating about this? The Google doesn't lie. Hey, Google. Am I self-deprecating? Hey, I feel Google, like I'm being defensive. Hey, Google, read a review of uh, the sun. Uh, uh, hey, Google, read a review of every day is like Sunday. Oh, boy. That's not going to be pretty. Sorry. I'm not sure how to help with that yet. That might be for the best. Hey, Google, read a review of Sundowners. Sundowners scored 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's She's not pretty even good. Read more. That's fresh. Click the link in your Google Home app. She's not even reading me. No, she doesn't she's, read, does she? She should. I got this free, this Google Home. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is going on with this contraption? I've just uh, totally messed up the mic here. No, you didn't. It's fine. Um, well, thank you for the support. I really appreciate it. You even made the first like uh, logo screen. Although I have to say, I love that logo you've got now. It's Peter Kaliniak, babyfamilyofspirits.com. Oh, Check them out. One of my favorite local artists and also artists in general. No, that's cool. And I think you're, I mean, you're putting together quite a li- library of material here. I don't know what it's, it's a catalog. <laughs> it's a catalog. You need to I, package it all now. and uh, I need to delete yeah. a lot of them, put in yeah. the best of. Digest. Oh, a best of could be good. Digest would be good. Yeah, Plan or every digest. Friday you put out a best of episode with clips. Oh, that's uh, interesting. <laughs> some of the classic clips. Of the solo monologues. Yeah. Ah, ah, but I don't know, you know, like, uh, am I responsible for myself or is the disease responsible for myself? Uh, what do you like about my room? What do I like about it? Mm. Uh, I like the uh, retro video game setup. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not the room you grew up in, right? No. Um, this used to be my sister's room. Okay. Um, I like that you've got the bed in the corner. I think yes. that's a good space-saving measure. We uh, we we moved it to uh, change the room. And now when I wake up, I stare at shelves filled with books. It's quite nice. Uh, are you able to sleep when you're facing the wall or is that an impediment for you? Or do you just face the other way? Uh, I can sleep facing the wall. I mean, I've, I don't have to, you know, uh-huh. I, I, at this point, you know, I fall asleep. You know, I managed to fall asleep. How's that? I, I lie down and I tell myself, you know, this is already sleeping. Audibly or mentally? No, mentally. <laughs> I'm like, this is maybe my mind's kind of active, but I'm not moving. Uh-huh. My eyes are closed. Uh-huh. Breathing is, you know, sleep breathing. Yeah. I'm sleeping. And then you just keep thinking that. It sounds like a meditative uh, state that you're in. Yeah. But That's then you have to bad. pee and you get up and then you start. How often do you get up? To pee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only really like in the morning. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I might go back to bed. Oh, interesting. I is never, it interesting? Yeah. I never. <laughs> I don't know if any of this is interesting. <laughs> No, this is all best of. 
This is, this is be, all yeah, best this up. is all the best up. So what's next on the burner for Pavan Mundi? Or as some call you Pavan. Yes, that's right. Uh I don't know. I mean we're uh Brian and I are making another film potentially together, which has a part in it for you. Great. So Thank hopefully you. that'll come to fruition uh before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know. Working with Phil again on a Phil bunch of Hanley. stuff. Uh I've been here all week just uh trying to make shit happen. Is but, Phil uh, here? Phil's not here. Phil actually was on Fallon last night. Oh, very cool. Yeah, he killed it. Oh, great. Good Check for it out Phil on YouTube, Hanley. everybody. I uh, gotta have him on the podcast. I tried to have him in New York, but we just couldn't make it happen. Yeah, he's a busy guy. Well, it was actually on my end, too. I was just like, I just couldn't do it. You Did know? you see him at the cellar? Yeah, we hung out. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was great. But uh, yeah, I didn't get to have him on. You know, you want to have everybody on. And then uh, how do you recommend I get high-end guests? High-end guests? The I best. mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I think Biggest you know names. how. Don't you, don't you think you've got to do another L.A. visit would be the, the spot. Who would you like to hear me? Uh, you need to bring a little suitcase with all of this gear. You've got a lot of gear to transport What are your now. top five movies? Problematic. Oh, boy. <laughs> Groundhog Day is up there. Why? Is that how your life feels? Yes. Every yes, day is kind of the same. Every day is like Sunday, perhaps. Okay, so Groundhog Day, every day is like Sunday. Yeah. Days of Thunder. <laughs> this is my top five of all Day time. of the Locust. Yeah. <laughs> the Longest Yard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Happy know. Days. The movie. Yeah. Which was American Graffiti. That's Did right. You, yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite George Lucas movie? Uh, I have no appetite for Star Wars movies. Okay, so well, then we've got a, a lim- more limited Did he do Howard here. the Duck? He produced Howard the Duck. I'm sure he was close to directing it. Like, uh-huh. you know, had a big hand in it. Right, right. Uh, here He made um, he made American Graffiti. Uh-huh. He made THX 138. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, was there anything post- Star the Star Wars trilogy that wasn't Star Wars. I feel like there was a lot of things that he was like very attached to, uh-huh. but that he may not have directed. That's interesting, don't you think? Yes. So if you had to pick a Star Wars movie, which one are you picking? Uh, including the new ones? Yes. Which aren't George Lucas at all, so I don't know why I'm including them. <laughs> yeah. So no, only the first six. First six? Uh, I mean, either the first one, Star Wars A New Hope. Yes. Or maybe Revenge of the Sith. That was the last one, right? Revenge of the Sith has some of the best individual scenes uh-huh. in the entire series, I think. Yeah, I mean, this is an example of me barely remembering uh, it's got what this I have part seen. where uh, Ian McDermott as Palpatine goes, Have you ever heard the story of uh, Darth, uh, what's his name? Plagueis. Uh-huh. Have you ever heard? Have you heard the story of Darth Plagueis? Uh-huh. And the 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 wise. Have you heard the story of Darth Plagueis the wise? Uh-huh. And then Hayden Christian goes, "Master, I have not. Who is who is Darth Plagueis the wise?" <laughs> <It's not like laughs> or in uh, Nicolas Cage, there was a, a hint of Nick Cage there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this is the end. Uh, I see the bear shawl there That's for the sure. Shawl, yeah. yeah, I wish I could do that kind of a voice just in my everyday. How you, you doing, would be in more sir? commercials, timey one. You'd be in some Royal Bank commercials. I mean, right only now. if I had his life as well. Yeah, but uh, what's your favorite Spielberg movie? 
Uh, E.T., without a doubt. Interesting. What, yeah. a finger? Uh, I mean, I just love E.T. I'm obsessed with E.T. Um, wow. It's great. Do you identify with E.T.? I don't know, but that was probably one of my first favorite movies. As a yeah, kid. well, I understand. It's very important to have a first favorite movie. Yeah. I was just talking about the video game Aladdin for Sega Genesis yesterday. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that show. for SNES. Yeah. yeah, I had the Genesis one, but the actually the SNES one wasn't as good, I have to say. The oh, Sega really? Genesis one was wild. The graphics were. And I... I honestly thought like i have never seen this kind of beauty before really (laughs) (laughs) and um graphically Uh and uh yeah so what's your favorite disney movie uh maybe aladdin or beauty and the beast i don't know let's do a quick show and tell here okay what do you got here we got here what's this what i can't see uh don't know screen went away oh hollywood in the 40s is that your dad's book what do you think of the yeah probably what do you think of the people on the cover humphrey bogart ingrid bergman uh i think that uh they look good classy elegant here's orson wells playing rochester in uh Mm -hmm. uh, i don't know uh, what that is uh here got for whom the bell told do you know any of these movies uh yes and no i don't know the Strange no. Love of Martha Ivers. No. Now we're going to do another show and tell thing. It's a video game. Okay. I've played that one before. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Yeah. Do you like it? Uh, I don't think I was deeply invested. I recall playing it. It's, uh, it's not never... the most beloved in the Resident Evil. Uh, uh-huh. I've never been huge on the like fixed camera angle in the Resident Evil games. But Resident Evil 4 doesn't have that. Oh, really? Resident Evil 4 was the game changer. Uh-huh. Where it's like you can aim at everybody really oh, right. well and you can flip around fast and it's fluid and it's a, a fluidly moving camera and everybody loved it. And they remade Resident Evil 2 recently for PS4 uh-huh. in that style. Oh, interesting. And I'd love to play it. And if you want to gift me that on the PS store, my name is Mr. Jicky Boy. <laughs> Do you think people should support my Patreon or what? Yes, but I, uh, I've i got a question about Jick. We can reveal your email on here, right? Or is that... Well, yeah. But weeklypodcast at gmail.com is the way to contact me. If you contact me at my personal email address, I will not respond about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we first met, uh, I was like, Nick, what is your email? I texted you. Yeah. And you were like, oh, Jake it's Jack Flanagan. Flanagan. And I assumed it was a typo and had like sent you something. Didn't hear back for days. And I'm like, uh, Nick, can you confirm your email? And you're like, Jick Flanagan. And I'm like, what? like, are you sure it's Jick, not Nick? And uh, I'm like, it's you me. Were... Of course, I'm sure. Yeah. I like, I'm an it. idiot. Like, Jick no, is just this you're... logical. Uh... Imagine how many opportunities have been lost. Oh, are you kidding? Tons. What do you think? Absolutely. Who do you think wrote me? Uh, I mean, it could have been one of those people you're talking about who plucked these Toronto YouTubers into uh, <laughs> I celebrity. Don't, I don't think those people uh, were doing that at the time where, uh, you know, I don't think they're just writing Nick Flanagan at gmail.com. Yeah. At, uh, yeah. They're guessing guess, your email. You know? like, yeah. All of their email address is just their name at gmail.com. It's true. Probably because other people who have the name have it already and these celebrities get some agent to come in, uh-huh. throw a few bucks at the yeah, other yeah. way. Or pay off the squatters, people who are squatting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Who is, would, is your dream cast? 
Sega Dreamcast. Oh, that was good. Thank you. That was great. Yeah. But really, you're, let's say you're doing a movie. I'll give you the plot. I might have to go soon. I know. I'm pushing Hundreds it. of gladiators are trying to marry a, a goddess. Okay. And a god. Okay. So some of them want the god. Some want the goddess. There's seven main characters. Who's okay. playing them? There's seven main characters? Three goddesses. Two gladiators who want the guy. Two gladiators who want the goddess. Okay. Uh, you I mean you have to be in it just okay. contractually? God. Okay, you're a god. Okay. Uh, you know what? I would re-purpose uh, people I've worked with before who were good to work with. So that's what you like. You like comfort. You don't like change. Yeah, I mean, actually, uh, when you were in four in the morning, I remember being super stressed out on that shoot because it was just like kind of a clusterfuck. And yeah. uh, I remember seeing you emerging in the Patrician Grill Diner. Yeah. And it just being like, uh, it was like seeing uh, my long lost love. After was... getting out of a honey pot, probably most like. Yeah. Honey truck. What do they call them? Oh, yeah. Toilet. I don't know. The toilet. Honey wagon. It's a wagon, isn't honey it? Honey wagon, yeah. After getting out of the honey wagon. Yeah, but I mean, that was like a uh, huge comfort to me, having well, you having you there. It's a huge comfort to me having you here. How, so what a beautiful you. finish. Yeah, thank you for all of the help with the podcast. and uh, Of course, anytime. Lots of luck. Thanks uh, for having me on. Casting your next big movie with all people you've worked before. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you have any final words? No, it's good to see you. It's good to see you doing well. And uh, I wish you all the best. I wish you all the best as well. And that was Pavan Mundi. My discussion with him in my bedroom. Not his. Never his. Uh, so thank you for listening. As I said, you can check out. He's on uh, Twitter if you want to follow his life. <laughs> and you can see Diamond Tongues on uh, Amazon Prime, as I said uh, earlier. And you can see Sundowners on Amazon Prime in the U.S. and U.K. And you can see it on CBC Gem in Canada. So thank you very much. Again, if you want to support the podcast, subscribe, review. If you liked what you heard today, rate it well. If you don't want to rate it well, just don't rate it at all. That's what I do with Uber drivers. I really would appreciate it if you do that with me. Uh, but if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Um, and yeah, patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan, ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. Great ways to keep the podcast running smoothly. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, wonderful life. Good on you, Raptors. You're very good. Thank you, Kawhi. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Flanagan Weekly.